This morning's New Testament lesson comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Perhaps contains some of the most memorable verses in the Bible. Listen for the word of God as it touches your hearts, your minds, and your souls. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to Jesus, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I remember that Memorial Day. That Memorial Day of 1968. As a young boy, I, it was an exciting day for me because it was the end of school was just in sight. The pools were opening. Baseball was in full swing and the golf course beckoned me. Memorial Day meant that there were fireworks and speeches, cheering and singing, clapping and many emotions. Red, white and blue covered anything that moved. Bikes with baseball card noisemakers, you remember that? 
baby carriages. There was always a parade. The neighborhood had a block party, and my buddies and I ate out on the basketball court, or as my dad would call it, the driveway. <laughs> While the men were gathered under the cover of the garage, of course, things were different that Memorial Day. Things were different. Some of the men had longer hair than normal, and they had facial hair. They were so cool. In fact, my hero, Mr. Jacobson, was the center of attention. He had just purchased a brand new Corvette. He had worked for IBM. I didn't know really what that meant, but I knew it must have been a big company because he had just received a bonus. Must have been really good to get a new Corvette. It must have been great. He played college basketball and baseball and he was always teaching me in that on that basketball court all kinds of new moves or what to look for when I was getting ready to steal a base. I was a little, little young to understand what was going on all around me, but impressions were being made. The Vietnam War was all around me. You couldn't miss it, it was on TV. Martin Luther King had been assassinated a month ago. And there was talk of riots instead of civil rights and civil disobedience. There was talk of flower power and love-ins. There were student protests all over. And I remembered a bunch of guys, including some priests, that were arrested in Pennsylvania for burning draft cards. My sisters had received a very special gift that they had gone and asked my mom to go and get. The very first silver POW bracelets. The men were talking about these subjects. It was an election year, and there was talk of whether another Kennedy might make it into the office as Bobby would run for president. Memorial Day that year was a little different than normal. The men were getting really worked up. They were getting loud. There were about eight of us boys watching and listening to the men discussing the events. We stood outside standing right there at the garage door opening and I noticed that my dad wasn't saying a whole lot, which was very uncommon. But one of our neighbors was very animated. He worked for Oldsmobile as the plant manager in Lansing. Finally, my dad stood up Gentlemen, gentlemen, what is today? They answered, and are we remembering why we observe and commemorate? Didn't a lot of people die so that we could talk and discuss this way? You see, there was a lot of talk about people being un-American and unpatriotic. He said, we need to calm down. We're all on the same team here and we need to get moving to the park. Attend the ceremonies, watch the fireworks. There was an excitement that filled the air that day, and we, the boys that were standing outside the garage, thought there were going to be fireworks inside the garage. It would be the first time my dad and I spoke about war and civil rights and taxes as we walked into the park. He also asked me an out-of-the-blue question. 
fireworks, speeches, music, singing, and a 21-gun salute, your standard fare for Memorial Day. It was a pretty exciting day. The words my dad spoke in the garage and on the way to the park rang in my ears. Oh, yeah, yeah the question. The question. Dad asked me, son, what's your favorite Bible verse? I answered. He already knew. He already knew. John 3, 16. And he added, young man, there is more. God didn't stop there. He reminded me that God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus' gospel is a gospel of love and of action, of saving, not a gospel of condemnation or hate. Our Savior came to die so that we might live. The soldiers that we honor this weekend died so that we are able to worship or not, argue or not, along with many other freedoms that we have been granted. Most people in our world do not have those freedoms. I imagine that the first Christians on the Sunday after Pentecost were still feeling much like you folks here at First Presbyterian, the excitement of the fireworks. Fireworks in the form of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps a speech or a sermon that moved you. They had heard people speaking in tongues. I imagine some clapping, maybe even some singing went on. I imagine the violent winds sounded like those 21-gun salutes at Memorial Day observances. Like crashing waves at the ocean that many folks are experiencing this weekend throughout the country. What an exciting day it must have been. Can you imagine, can you imagine 3,000 people out in the parking lot right now? Can you imagine 3,000 people in the parking lot being so worked up, being so excited because of what they hear and experience in here? I wonder what they carried with them for the next week. I envisioned that though they were excited, they were wondering what they were supposed to do. They rode the wave of Pentecost, and now what? Now what? Did they want to jump on the wave? Many of us are this way with the Spirit of God. We are afraid to get on the wave of God's Spirit and ride it because we have never done it before, or we're doing just fine just the way we are. Ask yourself, are you ready for a splash? Are you ready to jump in? We have all kinds of excuses. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. I'm too young. I'm too old. I already did my share. I don't know how. I'm not as eloquent as. I'm not as smart as. I'm just plain tired. And the list goes on and on. But so does the call that Jesus makes of us. And I believe that the Holy Spirit manifests itself in what I would call the baptism of love. Love has the power to change all things. And God just wants to pour out the Holy Spirit to change our lives. God doesn't want to make some big spectacle. God wants it to be all about love. 
Not because he wanted to judge the world, but because he wanted to be reconciled with every single one of us. The power of God's love is poured out in our lives so that God can use us to change the lives of the people around us in order that they can, well, repent and be brought into the right relationship with God. God did most of what we needed to have done. He loved the world so much that he gave his son. Whoever believes will, will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the love that God offered to each and every one of us. One in which we are born anew. If you are born anew, you don't need to be born again. And I believe the church universal needs to discover once again that we have an unchanging God and an unchanging kingdom. We need once again to discover the power of the Holy Spirit like we did last week. We need to be operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we need to listen to the directions in which God is instructing us to go. It's not that bad, is it? We need to reflect the love that God has for us all. For those that we communicate with. For those that we associate with. For those that we come in contact with. We need to show love outside of the four walls of our sanctuary to experience the unity of the Spirit. Just as the early church did. We need to be living in genuine love for each other. We fail at that when we don't seek reconciliation and forgiveness. We need to catch the wave of love. And in that sense, we continue to be born anew with each wave. It's time for the church to re-energize, to revitalize and stand up and be counted for the cause of Christ, no matter what the cost is. Sometimes it is not going to be popular. It's not going to be very comfortable either to talk about inclusion, to talk about peace, to talk about love. God calls us to worship and to honor God along with loving our neighbor because God loved the world, not just Presbyterians, not just straight white men, and not just Americans, and not those that just speak English. God so loved the world. I believe we honor God when we stop and let the Spirit work in and through us and press us for peace, to help the oppressed, to provide shelter for those that need it, to feed the hungry. And if we truly believe that Jesus sacrificed himself for us, then we need to work harder we need to speak louder and stand firmer to live by the commands that he gives to each and every one of us. As peacemakers and as Christians, we must love our neighbors, the world, so that we can celebrate God's love and honor those that lost their lives. So many have lost their lives defending a way of life for us. So many have died so we can worship however we want, whenever we want, whoever we want, and whatever way we want to. That's right. We live in a land of freedom. 
because of the brave willing to lay their lives down for us. We can on any given Sunday, on any given Sunday, you and I, well, not me, but you can go and play golf. You can watch a football game. Or you can participate in worship. Those men and women died so that we could do just that and make just that choice. Jesus lost his life so that we may live and love God with our whole hearts, always worshiping that loving God. Who would give us such a gift? Those that lost their lives fighting for our freedoms are best honored when we exercise control, when we work for peace and practice love. We do it so neither Jesus nor those men and women would have died in vain. I believe that God pours out a wave of love and I think we should listen for the roar. Hear God's call to jump on the wave. Look for the wave. You will know it. You'll know it when it comes. You'll see it. And then ride the wave. Catch the excitement. You know, I feel the same way. That same excitement when I walk into the sanctuary for the services on Sunday. When the kids run up for the time with the kids and then they run out to go to PKW. And when Tim and the band play those very first notes with the scripture reading being done, when we hear the choir sing, when I walk into a session meeting, yes, when I walk into a session meeting or a committee meeting, I hear that roar. I feel that excitement. I recognize the exuberance. I feel the spirit and the love of God. I'm ready to ride the wave. God's wave is building and gathering strength. I feel the goosebumps come because of that love and the love that's oozing inside of this place. The spirit is here, my friends, all around us, right there, rising itself on our heads, just hovering beside us, right beside you, and you, and you, and you. I won't forget you either. The Spirit is right there. Perhaps the Spirit is sitting right on your lap and you don't even know it. But I know that the Spirit is right beside each and every one of you. My friends, embrace the love Embrace your freedom and know that God is love. Amen and amen.